You boys ready for this one? Ready. No. All right. Garrett, you're in Chuck E. Cheese. You got to get a lot of tickets fast, okay? okay? You're in a bind. You're, I don't know, you got your eyes on that that really cool RC car that they got in the uh, the ticket exchange room, and you are about 1,500 tickets short. Your mom, she's looking at you, and she says, Garrett, she's tapping her watch for a little small mm-hmm. watch. She's going bing, 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 tapping the watch. She's like, Garrett, we got, we got 10 minutes. We got to go, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. You need tickets fast. What is your go-to? I'm. I, what is your go-to money-making racket that you have in the house of Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, you find the dad that's drinking a Miller Lite at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and Did they fancy. serve beer in there? I, I believe they serve. Yeah, they started serving beer at, at Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, you find that dad. Uh, he's probably started to doze off. He's he's got the head tilted back, but the kids left all the tickets right there at that table. So mm-hmm. go underneath the table, reach the hand, you know, from out from underneath, just feel around on the table, maybe gr- grab a slice of pizza too while you're mm-hmm. up there. But it, it's treasure troves because dads right. dads that are left alone to their own devices with kids at Chuck E. Cheese. That's uh, it's right. like the least secure. It's whatever the opposite of Fort Knox is. That's that is that situation. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were gonna go with like skee ball or maybe that uh, thunder, the Thunderdome, right? <laughs> Where you gotta hit the th- you gotta hit the uh-huh. thing when the lights going through. Yeah. My brother was really good at that, but I like your plan. What about you, Jeff? Uh, I would just buy the toy. <laughs> just buy the toy. You're, you're you're eight nine years old. You just walk up to the guy and say, "Look, uh, here's what I would do. Uh, I would go, Mom, listen." How much is your time worth? We got t- <laughs> we got ten minutes here, but you know, for the real truth is, I'm gonna make you stay for an hour. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna throw a fit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make you and Dad fight again. <laughs> What's worth it? Buying me this toy to shut me up, or making me make you miserable? What's worth it? That's a very I like that. That's the art of the deal, right there. It's the art of the That's deal. A brilliant move. See, my my plan was I if you do this, if you do this move, this is a surefire thing, boys. You're eight or nine years old. Yeah. You go and you stand in front of the creepy animatronic animals. Okay. And when they start to turn on, they start to move. Sob wildly. <laughs> Just let your darkest phobias take hold of you. And then the employees, like, you know, because it's, it's probably somebody's birthday there. You know, they'll, they'll do anything that they can to shut you up. And if that means giving you a handful of tickets, that's called extortion, baby. And you just got an RC car. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Roll and Move, the Internet's podcast that takes a look at some of the weirder, more odd, more bad, more bizarre board games out there. And we play them, we break them down, we see what makes them work, what makes them tick. And I am your first co-host, one of the creators of Rough Draft Games, Thomas Youngerberg. And with me here, as always, is... Garrett Lively. I actually was afraid of those animatronic things. So this uh, this hits home for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah hid me from, too. I hid from Chucky when he came around to hug the kids. Same! Did yeah. you go for under the table? Under the like table. You were... Under the yes. table, behind the legs, yeah. I'm it was, out! It was only the dudes in the suits that scared me. The animatronics I could watch because yeah, they yeah, stayed yeah. in the That's same fair, spot. Fair point. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I was afraid of the dudes in the suits. yeah. Very, very messed up stuff. Also with us is... Jeff Lee. I think my favorite of those ticket arcade games was the um, the skiing potato one. Do you guys remember that one? You'd roll the yeah. courier. Yeah. And you'd try, try to get to, like, it down that little coin slot thing that's going around. In I had it to a, a T. It's all about timing. 
All those games, all about timing. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure with twenty dollars, I I've absolutely got a whole twenty tickets of worth with some that's, good that's time. That's like saying like, yeah, I got Candyland down to a science. It's all about moving. It's all about moving. It's, it's all, all about, about making progress. Right you gotta fake it out. You know, sometimes you're gonna roll, but you're like, you know what? I'm not. I'll tell you what I had a soft spot for. I, I really like those uh soft those serves. token games that, yes. And I like those games where you had the little metal gun. And you put the token in the back of it, and it had, like, the springs that you, you pull back it. on the sides. You flip it. You try and get it in the dinosaur's mouth. Or, yeah. like, there's a bunch of dino stuff in there or in the yeah. tree. That one was a lot of fun for me. I never got any significant amount of tickets from that. But, like, just... I was a fan of the sound effects, I think. As, I, as I've think. gotten older, and you guys know this, I, I think you watch me do it. But the games where you just launch coins onto a ledge, and there's just this slow conveyor that pulls and pushes the coins and yeah just knock as many coins off as possible um mm. i've i've gotten pretty heavy in that gambling world um. and <laughs> that makes total sense to me when i was a kid i used to look at those games and i go there's no dinos they're like there's nothing yeah. what is there's no appeal to this to me why would anyone play these games it's all adults yeah. it is it is meant to scratch the same itch that you have at like a slot machine yeah or something like that and Garrett one is more. At it. One more. Yes. One more, one more baby. Uh, this is and it. Then, they're all going to topple right now. I'm going to have a they're nice golden tap. shower of tokens. When I was Token a kid, uh, and I'd go up to those machines, be, I, like, you know, you're at that age where you probably know what's going to happen, but you can get away <laughs> with pretending like you don't know what's going to happen. So I just give it a little bump. And I put a little quarter in there. Whoops. Just like my whole Whoa. 50 pounds of body weight trying to push into this <laughs> giant glass thing. <laughs> And when a coin would fall, probably because of like me accidentally getting it. Have you guys ever set off a tilt alarm? Yeah, Yeah. I remember that happened to me. I froze. I'm done. I'm going to jail. Freaked out. I was like, I'm dead. I'm dead. I got caught. It's over. Hands Uh, above your head, like hands behind your head, like kneeling down. Speaking about getting seized in a uh, a children's play area by uh, (laughs) by large figures. Garrett, why are we talking about Chuck E. Cheese? Why are we talking about all this nonsense? What game are we playing here today? We're talking about a little uh, re-implementation, or I guess a reimagining of Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, the, what, I, I guess 2014, 20, so was it 2014? Yeah, 2014 hit indie video game that came out. Um, it was a little horror survival game where you try to survive in the... Very uh, easy, very cheap game that came yeah. out on Steam, and... I, this is actually one of my favorite part of the episodes because usually when we have sort of a board game that's based on an intellectual property, mm-hmm. uh, I like to sort of unpack and talk about that IP really before we get into the mechanics of the game. That way we can sort of understand whether or not the game was mm-hmm. true to sort of bringing the property to a different media. Yeah, so I, I never played way. Five Nights. Did you? I, I've seen videos on like YouTube of people playing it, and I've seen people so make... I've, I played a little bit. So it came out around... came out 2014. I was, yeah, 2014, which, which is about two or three years after I came to Los Angeles, and I was working with uh, elementary, elementary school students. And I love... I've always been fascinated with fan bases. No, children are great. And uh, but they they have this terrible penchant for uh, for really bad games with in-depth lore, which is why we got to talk about Five Nights at Freddy's. This game was huge. This was such a massive game among younger kids. And I for the longest time, I could not figure out why 
I could not figure out why it was such a huge success because for those of you who don't know, the storyline of Five Nights at Freddy's is you are a night security guard who is coming in to watch over this facility at night, in the middle of the night. You might think that's a little bit weird. Well, storyline reasons for that are that the animatronics are said to come to life and they need somewhere to keep them in check, but they're actually murderous. And if you're not careful while you're on the job, they will kill you. They will come into the uh, security room and, and murder you. And the way that you keep them from doing that is you're trying to shift your attention on the security monitors, trying to watch each and every one of them, because when you look away, they move. Very spooky. And then if they get close enough to the room, what they do is, of course, they jump out and they do a very loud, very scary jump scare, right? Now, this was a time, if you go back and you look at a lot of the horror movies that were coming out in 2013, 2014, 2015, even in 2012, most of the scares in those movies are known as jump scares. Now, Garrett, Jeff, you guys are familiar with the term jump scare, right? Can you yeah. tell tell the audience a little bit about that if maybe they aren't so familiar? I mean, I, you've probably got some technical lingo on this, but but basically you're watching, it kind of lulls you into this false sense of security, um, and you know, you, maybe you think everything's going to be fine, you're enjoying the movie, and then boom, you know, loud noise, uh, sharp crescendo or something like that. Something pops right. out on the screen and, and really tries to get your heart to actually drop or like to get you to jump out of your seat um, because it's maybe unexpected or it, it happens at a time. Uh, or That's the, the biggest thing about jump scares to me is that they're not unexpected. You know that they're, they're going to happen. They're building up, and you're it's that right. You're like, oh god, it's getting quiet. You have to, yeah, it's you have to be quiet. a little meta with the jump scares. You, you, if you're watching that movie, you know oh, things are pretty calm. Pretty soon, the volume's going to go to one ten. <laughs> right, one to ten, and they're going to try and make me go go to the bathroom. Well, I explained to the students because they love this game because they were like, oh, it's so scary, it's so scary. They're they're little kids, and I was like, well, actually, it's it's not. These aren't scares, right? It's not like really good horror where they're providing a disturbing situation or anything like that. They're 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 triggering a biological drive, a fight or flight thing by just doing ah! like a, a loud noise like right. that all of a sudden. And so it's not scary, but the kids don't give a shit, you know. They, they you know, they uh they're just like, "Hey, it makes me it's scary. A lot of other kids are talking about it." So this is the game. And it developed a massive fan base, huge. Like 5, 6 or 7 sequels. And I discovered that the reason why this did so well with uh, younger audiences and why it developed such a cult following is the needlessly complex lore behind the game. <laughs> needlessly. Like, there is a there is alternate timelines. There is, like, what? something known as the Bite of 87, which started off, like, what made the animatronics go bad. And... Uh, there, if there either are of you guys games in the main series, I'm just looking. Is there ten? Oh ten, so, main, ten games in the main series, three spinoffs. So <laughs> it's it's nuts. And one of the reasons, one of the YouTubers who caused this to get so big, and you guys have probably heard Jeff. Have you heard of you've heard of Matt Pat, right? Matt Pat. I don't know if I've heard of the guy Pat, who does actually. game theory. He does oh, game theory. Okay. That's just a theory, a game theory. That guy. He is constantly looking for content because his whole shtick is he takes, you know, small plot points in video games and explodes them into sort of like Very conspiracy complex, theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Conspiracy All theories. this lore. <laughs> exactly. And so Five Nights at Freddy's was a treasure trove for him because he just go in and he dig in all these details and the creator watched the show and was just like, oh, that's yeah, a good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. And then just help dig deeper. And so you have this 
plethora of storylines intertwining all these threads, all these different characters. Who is Golden Freddy? Like, it is a level of, like, uh, it was. it's a level of focus and sprawling story that I, I think it's almost Tolkien-esque. Like, how, how, <laughs> how down the rabbit hole you can go with these different stories. And that just enthralled young kids, like, trying to figure out all the different stories and all the intricacies and all the connectedness, the connective tissues that bind things together. Similar fandoms that have this much... Because it's not just lore, right? It's not just backstory, which is what pulls people in. It's the mystery behind it. Trying to unravel the the strings that sort of... Because there's a difference between the people who are sort of into, like... Uh, let me think of another random fandom, uh, like My Little Pony or something like that, where there's not really a mystery in the relationships, but they're just, it's, you know, people are fascinated because that's sort of their thing, and uh, they just like all the relationships between the characters. But with this, there is supposedly all these hanging mysteries just on the peripherals of all the storylines around you, and that is sort of the fun of trying to figure out what relates to what, some sort of grand scheme master plan, and it it blew up. This blew up. There's there's movies based off of Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> there was going to be a Five Nights at Freddy's movie, and it got scrapped. Warner Brothers lost the rights to it, and so you know what they did, Garrett? Look this up. Okay. They took the Banana Splits characters, <laughs> oh, no. and they made a rated R, oh, no. ultra-violent Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff with animatronics. Oh, my gosh. Look this up. Look up the trailer. Is it is. It's, it, no, it's already out. I'm, just, I'm looking at it now. We it's, can watch. What's What's the movie called, Jeff? It's just called the Banana Splits movie. Yeah, the Banana Splits movie. It's rated R, and it is an ultra violent sort of like Double Dare game show where the animat animatronics come to life and kill everybody. And this was oh released gosh. like two years ago. Yeah, with with children's characters. So they they. Years after Five Nights at Freddy's sort of had, you know, ridden off into the horizon and it was pretty much forgotten, oh they, they're gosh. still doing this. And in addition to that, there was another movie that came out with Nicolas Cage that was about him going oh into God, a is... old beat up. Uh, I, I don't look at his IMDb. You'll find the movie. But he goes into this old beat up, uh, basically Chuck E. Cheese knockoff. And the animatronics come to life and he has to kill him. So this idea has been stolen and ripped off and put in movies. Uh, courtesy to, I, I watched Red Letter Media and they were, they reviewed both of those movies. So that's how I found yeah. out about them. Oh um, but this Five Nights at Freddy's thing has absolutely exploded. It is, is Will, a Willy's huge Wonderland fan base. Is that, uh, Nick yes. Cage movie. Yeah. Uh, that one's not as good, but that's supposedly a pretty bad movie. But the Banana Splits one is, uh, apparently sort of a guilty pleasure it's interesting to watch. Not a good movie by any it's means. It's not even good animatronics. Not. I'm looking at it now. It's like clearly folks in costumes. They don't even make the costumes look like they're. Yeah, they give them like a Terminator eye or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, it's like a cloth so that costume. Is, <laughs> right. Oh uh, so the Banana Splits, uh, if you don't know, are like these old Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters that not, we remember they were watching a cartoon. They were, It was like a live action show. Yeah. Yeah. So they took that IP and they just turned it into a Five Nights at Freddy ripoff. Oh my gosh. So with a <laughs> fandom this size and this expansive, naturally, you're going to see people take the story into their own hands and take the IP <laughs> into their own hands. And that's what finally brings us to our board game Ooh. here. Panic at the Pizzeria. 
Yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, thank you. Five Nights at Freddy's. Panic get the Pizzeria. Uh, thank you for that introduction. Um, so yes, my pleasure. As you as you said, they're they're in a pizza restaurant, and we will be uh, you as the player as you uh, open up five, five Nights at Freddy's. Panic at the Pizzeria. You're um, competing with the other players to get through the pizza restaurant, collect a key, and then just escape. So it, it seems a little bit off of the you know original aspect of um, maybe just you know monitoring the cameras or monitoring the situation and not mm-hmm. dying you're actually actively trying to move through the pizzeria uh find a key and escape um i don't know if any of the sequels did this but i, I do know the original you're you're like you said just monitoring the camera so uh open up the mod here this is this is an exclusive mod to tabletop simulator this is this is not a uh, officially licensed game or anything like made that. by a fan made by a the fan. fans yeah, made by a fan yeah. for the fans thank you Important note, but if you, you open up the mod here, boys, uh, you get a nice board of a, a checkered tiled of a pizzeria that has um, various rooms in it. It's uh, basically sectioned off into six different rooms. You kind of have the starting room, the little foyer of the restaurant, the main dining room, uh, mm-hmm. little kitchen, little game room, little arcade room, uh, the 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 men and women's bathrooms, and of course. The uh, private little section you can get as a kid to enjoy your own little pizza party um, right. are the basic rooms there. So, uh, in addition to that room, you got a deck of fifty-three cards, and these cards are going to drive the main action of the game. And then you have four little miniatures of the animatronic characters from Freddy's, and um, I presume these are the original characters, but I, I don't know that. There's Foxy, there's Bonnie, there's Chica, and of course those are those are the original. There's Freddy. Okay. Uh, True to I the do want to say, I, I want to say something real quick. So you you describe these little rooms. You know, there's a nice little pizza play area, but the word "little" I think might be a little uh, counterintuitive. <laughs> sure. Uh, so the movement system in this game is based off those little tiles, those little checker tiles that Garrett was mentioning earlier. And how, if we're going sort of like a you know geometry class, sort of the area of this board, Garrett, how large? is this board right how many tiles would you say so the the main the main dining room is 150 tiles large 150 tiles uh big total area 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 of 150 tiles yeah right uh each of the individual rooms are a little bit smaller than that but you know let's say they're probably in the range of 60 to 100 something like that okay 60 to 100 for the small rooms Mm mm-hmm we have a much a larger amount for the big party room, and then we have the offshoot hallways that take you towards the exit and mm-hmm. the entrance. Right. This is a massive board. Yep. This is yeah, huge. And, and these yeah. are and, and and generally you're you're moving <clears> one <throat> space at a time, uh, or you know it's it's you're never you're never jumping sections. You're never or, we'll, never teleporting. We'll, we'll get yeah. to that. It's well, just, sometimes sometimes you are teleporting, but, <laughs> but in general, right. the the basic movement of this game is is moving, uh, you know, orthogonally. Uh, up, down, left, right, just one tile to the next tile. So it's it's never like I'm I'm you know jumping you know I, I don't I don't roll a die six and I'm you know moving six spaces or something no. like that. Well, we didn't. <laughs> True. The we animatronics. Didn't. We didn't. The animatronics are much quicker. Though. They're very okay. fast. So, didn't mean to interrupt. So you got the tiles. Go ahead. Gary. Got the tiles. Yeah. Uh, in in these rooms, you have various. Uh, Obstacles, we'll say, that kind of prevent your movement. Uh, the dining room, of course, has tables and chairs that you can't pass through. The kitchen has some counters or some arcade games, uh, things of that nature. 
In addition, there are two different uh, dice in this game. There's one single red die that you roll at the beginning of the game, and uh, it'll just tell you which room you're going to place the keys in. And then there's another, I think it's a D, one, two, three, it's a D12. Yeah, it's a D12, and uh, it has the various faces of the animatronic monsters that you will be facing with uh, different movement values on it. So basically... Before your turn, you're allowed to roll that die and move the animatronic monsters. So, what you're doing in this game is essentially trying to escape before all the keys are taken up. And you place as many keys as there are players minus one. So that means everybody's going to win eventually, except for one person. So you're, you're just trying not to be the last. Anyone but me. Uh, I don't want to go home. I don't want to die. Or rather, I do want to go home. I don't want to get stuck in this pizzeria. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and so maybe you're kind of working together with one person, uh, you know, piling it all on, piling it all on the last guy, or uh, maybe it's you know you're all on your own and you gotta you gotta make it to the men's bathroom, grab that key and get out. Um, I guess one other thing, you in general the exit is more towards the start space. You're gonna try out, you're gonna venture out wherever you need to venture out, and then come back, uh, kind of towards the start space to get out. Um, so basically, the basics of your turn: you roll that animatronic die, then you play a single card. Um, there's not a ton of cards. I can pretty much go over all of them. There's a lot of cards that say move three spaces if you're running or move two spaces if you're walking. Um, there is a card that says long range zap, which just cancels another player's card anytime they play it. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a couple of escape cards or a couple of uh, flashlight or mass cards, various cards that are aimed at the different monsters specifically. Yeah, yeah but they, they have different names. But they all functionally do the same thing, and that is they prevent them from landing on you. Um, if if and when Temporarily. the player gets the op- opportunity to do so, um, and then the uh, there's a uh, there's a, there's a very important card we should talk about. Oh, one other uh, there's the golden surprise, which uh, you use that on another player. They drop the key; it goes back to the nearest key slot. Um, and then a a very important card called spatial shift, and this card just says swap places with another player. So that 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 is the uh, as we said, there's not a. You're usually not teleporting around the board, but when you do, you can you can traverse the entire board all at once. Uh, a couple others that just kind of put the monsters on other players, but um, basically play a card, um, usually trying to move a couple spaces, maybe three, and uh, get closer to that key and then bring the key back to the X. Move yourself, move monsters. Basically. Move yourself, move the monsters. Um, so one thing with the monsters, they're basically going to act as walls um, that prevent you from moving through them, or if they land on you, you're just not allowed to move. Um, right. which is trapped uh, yeah just just really really great and uh if we post some pictures of this on the website you'll you'll take a look at this but it's very narrow one lane pathways that you kind of have to navigate through to get to rooms to keys to whatever so so it's a the old uh, bottleneck <laughs> yeah, yeah you you're very much bottlenecked and and as i said you place all the keys in the same room at the beginning of the game so everybody's trying to go to the same room through the exact same narrow lane, um, and everybody's trying to move these animatronic monsters towards basically Other everybody players. else. Yeah, and yeah. so you, you you just end up getting in your own way, uh, screwing yourself over. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's the basics of it. You, you can kind of see where this is going. It becomes a long, drawn-out game of uh, I'm, I'm able to move two spaces on this grid of 150, and then um, these animals are able to move maybe six or five or six spaces and land right, right on top of me. 
They um, catch you within the first like four resolutions of the game. And they and swarm. They are on you for the rest of the game and you're swapping them to other players. It's it's so bad because I understand I didn't understand at the beginning why they said you may choose to roll the animatronic die. <laughs> Uh, but very quickly we wound up because we were so swarmed. You have four different animatronics mm-hmm. that are all over each other. And what's worse is you, so you can't move unless you are able to escape from them. That takes an escape card because that the, the, the turn order is animatronic roll, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you have the option to play one of your cards, mm-hmm. which could, and here's what kills me <laughs> is movement is tied to the cards. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, it is, and your hand size is four. I, I don't think I said that. So yeah, your you have a limit eight. of four cards in your hand. That is it. You don't get any more. And you can only and play one. <laughs> right. So you you look at your hand and you're like, okay, I have an escape card. I need to hang on to that in case I get you know hit with a with an animatronic, and I have a uh, a cancel another character's action card. I might need that in case I get the key and someone tries to take it away from me. I. <laughs> I got a, I, I have a transfer card where if I'm attacked, I can send it to somebody else. And then, oh, fuck, I don't have any movement cards. You know, and then, then, then you're stuck moving one tile in this gigantic map while the monsters are moving six, can easily route you, stand in a hallway or in a line and just go, okay, well, you can't, you can't move anywhere. Right, <laughs> can't go through me. It was it, a, it was the longest stalemate I've ever. This is a, you know, a standoff between us where I, I can't move. You, can you move? No, I can't move. Can you move? No. All right. Well, uh, we're just well, gonna keep we're rolling. We're gonna keep rolling this yeah. animatronic die until one of us gets really unlucky. <laughs> and uh, I do yeah. want to ask, um, because Garrett was in the lead and he got stuck by which animatronic was it again? Bonnie. We'll call it Freddy. Sure. Bonnie. Um, we'll call it Bonnie. And then, well, the reason why I asked specifically for Bonnie because I think. Do you know what the odds were for Bonnie on that roll? I don't know if that dice, what that die was balanced, because I feel like uh, she had two faces, whereas like Freddie had like three or no, four. No, I see, I see three for. Okay, I like because yeah. Garrett was trying to roll Bonnie for I, a long I, time. Yeah, I, I certainly was not. I did not have the odds in my favor for whatever reason. But yeah, I, I spent I don't know ten turns trying to roll Bonnie, and I, and I was right behind Garrett, so it was also <laughs> in my interest to roll Bonnie. And between the two of us, we would never rolled Bonnie. It was insane. And then later, other the other animatronics swarmed around us. Like we could have gotten out sooner, but we just you might be thinking, well, well, that means Thomas was making great headway during this time. <laughs> no. Because I was in a different bottleneck where I had uh, Chica standing in front of me and I couldn't roll Chica. And I didn't, and I had Foxy standing behind me, so I couldn't go backward. And I had no movement cards, so I couldn't even move in the first place. I could move one tile at a time. And you're not allowed to move onto the space because I had a transfer card. I was like, okay, I'll move onto the Chica space, get Chica to attack me, and then I'll transfer her to Jeff. Nope. Specifically says in the rules that you're not allowed to do that. They have to attack you. You are so limited in 90% of the circumstances that you will find yourself in that you often find yourself taking only half the turn or something along those lines or discarding handfuls of cards, hoping that you'll draw, like you can discard one card per turn if you got nothing. Mm -hmm. If you're like, I got to get a different card. You can discard a card, draw another one. I, I swear... Like, movement cards were only maybe a fourth of that deck. I kept drawing stuff that I didn't need. Like, 
counterattack cards. Yeah, and, and like that's I can't move. And and most of the escape cards were like very much based on like speci- like one specifically says if Foxy tries to attack you, you know, yeah. you avoid the attack. So you have like these four cards and four monsters so the odds of you having the correct you know it, it was almost pointless to hold on to those escape cards because it was like it was like just as good of odds to roll the die and get rid of that monster as it was mm-hmm. to right avoid the attack and if you avoid the attack you just move the monster right next to you <laughs> so, yeah so they're probably gonna roll right yeah. back on you anyways you escape yeah you when you escape a monster or when you uh when you Deflect them or yeah, prevent the attack. The card that, yeah. yeah, prevent the attack. It just goes right to the space next to you. And if the other two players roll that monster or any of the others that are probably five spaces from you, mm-hmm. uh, you're dead. You're done. Like, you're going to have a monster on you in this game. <laughs> the, the, so you have all this stuff that's stopping your movement. And then you have another card that is so overpowered and ridiculous in regards to movement. It it is jaw-dropping how bad it can set back your progress. Jeff, you know most about this card. You used it the most. Yeah, exactly. So basically what happened was I got this card, this spatial transfer card or whatever it's called, basically swapping (laughs) players' positions. Um, Garrett and Thomas were going straight for the key, and I said, nope. I went 90 degrees right out of the gate, went straight down away from the key. And they were thinking... What what is Jeff doing? I don't know what he's doing. Whatever, he's gonna get cornered. He's pr- probably just being silly. Uh, I get silly, Ger- Garrett and Thomas get about I don't know halfway to the key. I get halfway across the other map, and then I swap places with Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> so Thomas gets to put myself- basically at the other end of the corner of the main room, uh, and it set you back probably like. 15, oh, 20 turns. Easily. Yeah. I, I, I thought to myself, I will never spatially recover. <laughs> <laughs> I will rough. never spatially recover from this. And I didn't. I never got to the key before before I was just like, Garrett, I'm not. I will say that you got game. close, but only because the game bottlenecked us so bad. Like, Garrett and I right. could not move, and you were, you were moving. It wasn't great One movement. One tile yeah. at a time. It took a long time, but, like, over time, you were able to recover. And I think that's just because right. of how bad the game is. Yeah. I think what's really interesting about this game is usually when we play some of these roll and move games, there's like one or two very clear balance changes that we would make. But in this case, there was like so many things that if they if he had just made one change, it would have been probably okay. Like I think they could have brought the base movement up. They could have made the movement cards more like more prevalent or or happen more frequently. They could have had one less animatronic than the number of players. I think that was like really bad too. Like. If you had if you had to move them around and one person was free, it would have made the choices a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Um, if like, if they just got rid of that spatial card, like there's like so many different things. If, if you if when you escaped, you escaped more than one space. Like there's so many yeah. different things that they could have done. If you pl- could have played more than one action card, had a bigger hand, like I, I like any of those changes would have made made the game that much better. But they didn't think to do any of them. So yeah, so I actually think the the card play was good. I thought I thought the card play was fine. I I kind of agree with you. They could have made some tweaks with the the things for balancing. And and I'll steal this idea from Tom. You mentioned it while we were playing. The easiest one is just to split the keys up, not put them all in yeah, the same location. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> the the way the map is designed is like these routes are so narrow that if you you know if you have four monsters, like you just need one or two to completely block a path off. Um, and somebody has to get very lucky to, to get around it. But if you if you kind of mix and match so the keys are spread out, um, I think that helps a lot. But I actually think the card play for, for a game that is intended to be a gotcha, take that type of game, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it kind of achieves that um, 
through its current play. So as long as you separate in this hypothetical situation movement from cards, I'm willing to agree with you. But having movement be based on the cards and your only ability is to play one card per turn. You have to make the choice between either using the gotcha mechanics well, or moving yeah so I, I think i think you can either do that or nerf because because I, I think the animatronics were fine like we were usually not using as much movement as they needed like a lot of times we'd only want to move it three spades spaces i think you can just nerf the how how far those animatronics get to move like their their values are like like we said five six or something like that. So usually when we were rolling that, they were moving twice as much as we could on our best two turns in a row. Because I, I feel like the cards, like, if you could have played two cards, it would have made the game way more interesting. You could have comboed so many things. Like, you could have yeah. escaped and then ran, or you could have, like, moved monsters onto you and then yeah. transferred them off and then ran. Like, there yeah, were yeah, so I, many more interesting things you could have done. Totally if, agree with that. Yeah, you could... And I think when you do that, you just increase the hand size. Because yeah. I think the hand size was limiting. I think not being able to play multiple cards was limiting. I think having the movement on the cards was limiting. All that is very limiting. I think you just open it up a little bit and you're able I'm, to do some interesting things with it. But I think the, the key to that is, was Tom's idea. And that yeah, swapping. Split or, the keys up right. and put that them way, in different rooms. No bottlenecking. <laughs> Nice. Uh, they're still bottlenecking because the map is inherently designed so that a single monster can like really either force you to go a different route or make you be stubborn like we were and just it, sit there and wait for to roll the right die. Right. It, it's only in the main room. If it's if you're talking about the bottlenecking that occurs going off into the branches, then there is no forcing you to no, go. A different no, no, there there is. You're, you're screwed. Yeah. If you if if like look at the bottlenecks going off into the top right room where you where the key was. There is one tile there's a one tile hallway there's no alternative route that you can take (laughs) yeah like you are screwed if you have to go in that direction which is why yeah two the keys in different places is very important in order to at least make it so that instead of four animatronics being crowded around that one bottleneck maybe you have two i have a question about the player count was the player count supposed to be like did they suggest a number or uh, just he whatever. said up to, I believe he said up to seven. Okay. Well, I actually, so I think it would be much better with more players because, like, yeah. the fact is, we had four animatronics for three players, so there's always one middle linebacker like floating around, like basically right. covering all three of us, and that made it just that much worse. I mean, like, I, yeah, I, I think you're right on that. Yeah, I wonder if we had like five players, six players, even just four, like how that would have played. It just felt like we we're just smothered. So, well, right. I, I think. I think the problem is not solved again if you don't split those keys up because again yeah they could just block a room and it blocks everybody put all four like in the in the one tile gap you can just load them up in there so like what are the odds you're able to move all those out Um, right pretty insane and and another I mean there's other stuff you could you could have because the the exit's also a a three by one so like you have you have to go on a one by one grid three times to get to the exit. You could have loaded them all up there. Like you could yeah. have, you could have just prevented people from exiting. The but game. he had the foresight there though, because there are two exits. That's the thing. Like okay, yeah, put, put, put two I, on each. You know. No, like, I know, but I, I guess what I'm saying is like they he. It's weird that he thought that for the exits, but didn't think that for the keys. Like he could have split the keys and sure he did split. The, the other exits. issue is there's a lot of unclarity in the rules. Like for example, uh, with these keys, once you pick one up, you have a key. Cool, it's in your inventory. Now, you also have a card called the Golden Surprise. There's some sort of lore with this. I don't know what it is. But if you play this card, then the character who has the key, quote-unquote, loses the key. Where's it uh, And we don't, you don't know where it goes. We had to go onto the Steam 
the the tabletop sim page to read some of the author comments that he was addressing mm-hmm. to individuals who asked further questions about the game and he said that if that happens then it goes to the uh it nearest, goes to nearest room of the key slot or nearest yeah. key slot room yeah right which is in my opinion if you lose this key <laughs> in the main room with the stage and the chairs and the pizza eating tables good luck <laughs> Because the exits are at the bottom of that room, right? You have to go down out of that room towards the lobby in order to get to the exits. You're still, I think that all still counts as the pizza room. And the key for that room is all the way at the top. Top right corner. Top right corner. You lose that key in that room, you're done. You are done. You are now going to have to commit to playing for another 40 minutes to go back up and get the key and then come back down. Tom, I want to, because I, I've never played the, the actual game, I want to ask you about some of the theme. So for some reason, Foxy was scared by a flashlight. Is that a thing in the actual game? Like, do you remember if yes. that was specifically Foxy? Okay, got it. Yes. So, uh, flashlights. And there's a mask um, for Bonnie and uh, yeah, Chica you, and... If I remember correctly, you had all these security monitors, but then you also had uh, a fourth animatronic, Foxy, that was not always on the security monitors, that was usually thought to be far more aggressive than the other uh, animatronics. And you would have to look away from the security monitors to check the hallways outside of the rooms with like a light or a flashlight. It's It's been a long time, so if yeah. that's not 100% mm-hmm. correct... Uh, I uh, apologize. That makes sense. That's is there like, because I've heard that you're in the security room and they're trying to prevent them from coming from you, but was there ever a key to escape? Is that what you're actually trying to do in the game? No, no. You're basically okay. trying to make it, make it to sunrise. Oh, uh, I see. I see. Because you're the security guard. You're not trying to leave, but rather you're trying to work for the midnight, the, the seven day shift, I think before this place closes down for good. <laughs> uh, so... But but like they, these these what what I want to know is like these things are gonna kill you in the game right like yes th- this this game kind of turns out on its head it it takes it's not the fear of dying but the the fear of continuing on with life when your life is so meaningless <laughs> fear of doing that <laughs> it just it, it just instills that fear in you so it, it's a it's a little twist on the genre that I don't think I think that's more fearful for sure <laughs> my God like that that complete and utter gridlock like if I wanted to experience this. <laughs> I'd go out. I'd go out on a Friday at 5 p.m. in Los Angeles and sit in traffic, <laughs> and I would have a wonderful. I would have the exact good same sim. feeling I get playing this it's game. Sim. Is go out, sit in traffic, go to Spaghetti Junction in Georgia. Garrett, where's the high traffic spot? Where's the worst spot for traffic? Yeah, I-, I 35 corridor. Yeah, just go out, hang out there, and then you <laughs> congratulations. You have played uh, Pizzeria Panic. Uh, you have a nice feeling and a good lateral move there as far as the emotional frustration is concerned. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, a- anyways, I think I think we've sort of explored the, the mechanics of the game, the key problems with the game. Let's take a look. Are, were there any comments in the Steam Workshop in regards to this game other than asking questions for clarification and that for clarification purposes. Uh, no, those were, those were the only comments on the game. Um, it, it's got 500 subscribers though. It has 932 unique visitors, 500 subscribers and eight people have favored it. When players. was this uh, Steam game made? 2018. Okay, so it's still uh, pretty far like after it 
the initial craze, right? Yep. Yes. And it looks like he was uh, posting updates to it or tweaking the mod for about a month after it was released in September of 2018. Uh, so yeah, uh, it, it's gotten some decent uh, traffic here, especially compared to the games that we're normally playing on here. Uh, made by Tiger Red 1298, so um, a a somewhat avid tabletop simulator mod maker. He's made a Power Rangers game, a My Little Pony game, a Tea Party Simulator game. Some lot of, okay. lot of good candidates okay. for future dinosaur, episodes. Dinosaur oh, King, the trading card game, um, among oh, and also a Portal Two Maze that he's uh, he's worked on. So yeah, uh, he's got some got some things on here, but I th- I actually think let me check here. It's Five Nights at Freddy's. I think is his most popular mod. Uh, let me double check the My Little Pony because I'm sure that is the one that would be the candidate to overtake it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Five Nights at Five Nights at Freddy's is his most popular mod uh, by about 200, 200 users. Man, so. There we go. That's uh, that's what we got on them. Um, so we will be the kind of the first people entering our opinion on this game, other than help the rules are confusing. Um, I'm happy to jump in here, unless anybody else wants to say anything on the. I've. I think I have. I'm all out of tokens, my friend. I am <laughs> just gonna have to sit here and wait for wait for you guys to expend yours. So why don't you go ahead, Garrett? Take take it away. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, I think. I, I agree with you guys. I think there was a, just a couple tweaks they could have made and, and, and had a decent... I, I mean, the the creator's intentionally going for a gotcha game here. And while I don't love gotcha games, um, and generally they're always going to drag on, mm-hmm. definitely could have made this better by giving players more to do on a turn. Um, you can still make the game drag on, but like we spent so many turns just rolling the animatronic die and not doing anything. That's what kind of feels bad. Um, and then, you know, the other thing that I think deserves acknowledgement is like the kind of the representation of the source material is I, I don't quite feel like you're just taking the, you're just taking the animatronic monsters and you're putting them on a map and you're running away from them. But like, that doesn't feel like Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. Like Five Nights at Freddy's is kind of diverting your attention, um, <clears throat> you know, expending, using your resources to make sure that you're uh, going to survive the night. And, and I don't really feel like that feels like this. Um, that being said, I do think this had some funny card play um, elements in it, and I think you know for a gotcha game, that's kind of what you want. You want to have that moment of like, oh my god, I cannot like. There's no way I'm going to be able to recover from what you just did to me. Uh, and basically, <laughs> I did that to Tom person, in the first three turns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the person that gets screwed over uh, the least uh, or is able to you know hold on the best uh, is able to walk out of the the game with a victory. Um, I did it. I did enjoy the moments of using. I I had a handful of the long range zap card, which cancels another player's card. Um, all four of my cards were that card. So anytime somebody did something to me, I just would play that, and then they would play theirs to cancel mine, and I would play mine to cancel theirs. And uh, I think we got up to playing three of those at a time. Um, I, th- those are fun little moments. Um, I do think the map was kind of again, you know, depending on how the tweaks would have made the map is like thoughtfully laid out to. To make these bottlenecks so um you know i i think there could have been a fun little game here a little race game to go get a key and, and come back um with some some minor tweaks so that being said uh in its current state it's nigh unplayable because of how excruciating it is to just sit and wait um during the traffic jams especially with three players i i think you're right probably at the higher player counts it, it would have been a little bit better but 
Um, we're going to grade it off of what we got here. And, um, you know, I'll throw a little love. I, we haven't said this much, but he imported his own models in for the uh, little miniatures. Um, I'm going to give this game a 1.75. Nice. Uh, I will, I'm going to jump in real quick. I, I I echo most of the sentiments that Garrett says. Um, and I know that we kept mentioning minor tweaks, minor tweaks, minor tweaks. It's going to be playable. Minor tweaks. It's going to be good. I would like to equate this experience playing this board game to that of uh, surgery or eating <laughs> pufferfish. Okay? Uh, eating a, a pufferfish. Oh, man. Ah, oh, Look, it's just a... If I had just done something a little differently, this pufferfish wouldn't have fucking poisoned you. Uh, but hey, I get I get some points for that, right? No. <laughs> there is close counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, all right? It does not count here. <laughs> A couple of tweaks, yes, this would have been playable, but this was playable not, okay? I, I absolutely have to stress that, that yes, this could have worked if we had done just a couple things differently, a couple things, so but close. we still so don't close. have a car that drives forward at the end of the day. Instead, we're still crash test dummies for this hazardous uh, this hazardous dump heap. So uh, I, I am going to, I will say, thank you for the models. They do look very nice, and we appreciate that, but... I, I got to go a little bit lower. I'm only giving this a one out of ten. I uh, I gotta I gotta put the foot down. Yeah, Jeff, what do you think? I got my last quarter here. I'm gonna pop it right in this machine. So for me, um, yeah, I think like the core mechanics made general sense. If you said, oh, you can move some people around, you can swarm them with animatronics. I think that's fine. But like like you guys have mentioned over and over, like for me, the problem was balance. Like there's multiple areas and ways that it could have been balanced, and none of them were. Um, None of them came to fruition and he didn't use any of them. I, I do like, like Garrett was saying, how the map was laid out to where there was natural bottlenecks um, in the game. I, I thought that was really interesting. I feel like thematically, I guess I don't know much about the game, but or, or the original um, Five Nights at Freddy's game. But from what I'm hearing from you, Tom, it doesn't really capture any of the sentiment. There's no jump scares. There's no security cameras. There wasn't a key. Like, and none of this really makes sense. It's kind of like, a, in, in some ways, a cheap reskin. Um, and that they're just like, hey, you're in a room. It happens to be a pizza parlor, and we, we need something to catch you, and it happens there to be this monsters. animatronic. So, yeah, so I, I, it doesn't have to be Five Nights at Freddy, and this is just the skin that he picked. Um, like, technically, we were progressing through the game. It was just very, very brutal, and yeah, to me, that's a balance problem for sure. I'm going to give it a 1.25. Well, 1.25. That brings the Rough Draft Boys average to 1.33, uh, repeating, of course, and uh, we have not much to compare it on, but like I said, this is one of the more popular games that we have uh, reviewed based on TTS mods, mm -hmm. um, especially those of not real, you know, of not previously uh, licensed games or games that are, you know, not in print anywhere. They're just they're just their own iteration of themselves on uh, yeah. TTS. Here's here's an interesting way, sort of sort of to segue out of that. Who should play this game? <laughs> um, people that like Munchkin and also like Five Nights at Freddy's, but aren't so aren't so hardcore about it that they're gonna call out the lack of a uh, mm -hmm. lack of feeling or lack of <laughs> right. the lack of lack of lore. I, I think I feel like also four hours, four hours of free time, a window of time to kill where you're just like, you know, I, I, I just somebody gotta... that's stranded on a deserted. Island. I think people that like to play, you know, those asynchronous chess games where <laughs> one person comes and moves a piece and then they wait for the other person to come and move a piece. That's how I feel like this mm -hmm. game 
Like it technically progresses, but yeah. <laughs> very, very slowly. Very slowly indeed. And slowly we are segueing back towards the end of the episode here, folks. And uh, we appreciate you guys uh, joining us here today. And uh, I would like to throw out a little invitation to you. Perhaps uh, perhaps you would like to tell us your own experience with the, the wonderful world of Five Nights at Freddy's or perhaps Chuck E. Cheese or anything of the sort. Me, I was a Discovery Zone kind of kid. They didn't have too many <laughs> arcade games, but it was still really great. But if you would like to tell us about your own experience with all things kid entertainment related, you can do so by hitting us up at Rough Draft Games on Twitter. If you have any great game recommendations for stuff we can play, uh, usually via webcam, although we will be seeing, we all three of us will be in person for the first time uh, here in a while. Um, you know, send, send those recommendations our way. Uh, anything on TTS, any print and plays, anything you to play over webcam would be great. Uh, and, you know, it's got to be weird or wacky or bad. We'll take all of the above. Rolling moves are always uh, appreciated. Uh, but send us an email at roughdraftgames at gmail.com. Uh, anything you got, I'll take it. And if you've got 150,000 tickets to spend on anything, you can spend it on our board game, All Rise, that you can get on Backerkit. Pre-order today. It's all-rise-game.backerkit.com, or you can just Google All Rise Backerkit. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, if you just buy it directly from us, you're going to get a lot cheaper than trying to get all those tickets. That's right. It's, it's actually, I think it's some sort of a scam. This just It might be right that now. they make a little money off those. I, it could be. I, I thought it was a nonprofit. I thought all. The, I thought Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> Discovery Zone, American Adventures, mon- nonprofits. But maybe they're making something off those cheap pizzas. Who'd have who'da thunk? Who'd have thunk? And uh, go, if you haven't done so already, folks, go ahead and if you can, give us five stars on iTunes. Rate the show if you like it. If you have fun, if you have fun listening to us, please tell us what you think in review form. We greatly appreciate it. It helps other folks find the show and grows our nice little community around bad board games and rough draft games in general. But as we get closer towards the end of the show, we're winding things down here. I notice it's getting a little quiet. I'm worried that there's going to be... Some I sort have, of a... I actually hear the birds starting to chirp. It's, it's like 6.30 a.m. It's 6.30 a.m. Are, are we, are we going to make it out? Are we going to make it out without a jump scare? I... No! 